Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it. You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one. And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well. Right now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month. If you like the show, help keep us on the air. And become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, a mysterious stranger offers a little bit of protection from a dark energy plaguing a listener after a nasty breakup. A man suffers reoccurring bouts of sleep paralysis, but this time the old hag has a new trick up her sleeve. During a play date, a boy is warned that he will have an unusual visitor in his room that night. And after moving out of a haunted house, a family friend passes away in the house and now appears to haunt it, too. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. Are you ready for Christmas? Yes and no. I love Christmas, but I always kind of have a downer afterwards. Uh huh. Because I have no use for winter after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's really not a whole hell of a lot to do around here at uh, winter because it's kind of a, it's a half-assed winter here in the middle of the country. It's not like the South where it's just kind of like prolonged spring. Right. And uh, in the middle of the country where we are, it's kind of like. Well, we'll have some days that are kind of warm, like 60s, and then some days that are just chittily cold. So you never get like that nice, progressively long winter season where you can enjoy winter sports. No. Or out activities, you know, just like skiing or snowmobiling or anything, because it's never, there's never enough snow for it. It's just, it's kind of miserable for a couple of months, well, weather-wise. And when it, it seems like, okay, you're at the end of February, you're just almost to March, yeah. it's going to start warming up. No, that's when we start getting our snow. Sometimes. I mean, although the first year I moved here was like suddenly like 70 or 80 plus from that point on out. Or at some years here, then it just gets really cold. It makes no sense. You never know what to expect. No. But, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> That was the long answer to, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah, I am. So I'm like, ready for Christmas. No, it's going to be done. Wah, wah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so it was a Debbie Downer right there. <laughs> uh, we have a, uh, a Christmas spectacular, if you will, coming up uh, the next, uh, what, on Christmas Day, we have a, a, a cool story. Uh-huh. Okay. And will it be sung or read by an old man by with a crackling campfire in the background, or... How, no. are we, how are we handling that? It's just going to be a story, just a written out story. Okay. Can I have a crackling campfire in the background for it? You can do whatever you want. Go fireplace? Sure. Can I talk like I'm from like the, I don't know, what century would it be where it's like, you know, the man with the pipe and the... Just don't. No. Oh, come on. It makes it <laughs> makes it feel more holiday-ish or just awkward, one of the two. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, make sure you tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook or Twitter. Your support, of course, is what helps keep our show alive. So when you're with your family and you're sitting there having no idea what to talk about uh, over the uh, next couple of days, hell, talk about ghost stories. Talk about real ghost stories online even even grab your smartphone just pull the show right out and just press play and start playing it for your entire group of friends and family there it'll shut everyone up and you won't have to make awkward conversation or if you have that one annoying relative who you know would hate this anyway just turn it on and run them out of the room they'll call us witches or something you know it'll be great so just you know just keep in mind we're here for you over the holidays if you want to fill that void of awkward family conversation uh 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in luke writes in hi tony and jenny this is luke from minnesota called in a few times but i thought i'd write in a story 
This was my latest possible brush with the paranormal. It happened on uh, January of 2013. I had purchased and moved into a townhome in 2010. I had been with my girlfriend for about two and a half years at that time, and she moved in with me. Our relationship up to that time had been stormy, with a lot of ups and downs, arguing, and what I thought was unnecessary drama. For that reason, I was a little reluctant to have her move in with me. But despite our problems, we loved each other, and I thought we just needed to figure out how to get along better. After we moved in, we continued to run hot and cold as a couple. We'd get along for a short while, but then things would inevitably turn sour, and we'd be fighting again. We tried couples counseling, but that did very little to help. Finally, in about the summer of 2012, things had really deteriorated between us. We'd always fought, but sadly, now our fighting had become really dirty. She began to say really nasty, horrible things to me, and to my discredit, I began to give it right back to her. I don't even remember what we were fighting about, but we were both really bitter and angry by that point. All of our fighting, the anger, the horrible words flying around had seemed to manifest itself into a negative energy that stayed in our home. It was as if the negativity had seeped into the walls, the floorboards, the tiles, and the carpeting. I began dreading walking into my own house. Even when she wasn't there and we weren't fighting, the negativity lingered. Finally, I realized that I had to end things. We just weren't compatible. We were never going to stop fighting and needed to go our separate ways. I saw that I was deteriorating as a human being, that my values were eroding, and saw the same thing happening to her. So I told her in no uncertain terms that things were over. She shook it. She took it very, very badly. She, she left soon after, but for months kept sending me a barrage of calls, texts, and emails, letting me know what a dim view she took of me as a human being, usually an expletive-laden rants. Sometimes I ignored them, sometimes I answered them nicely, sometimes not so nicely. I felt terrible about hurting her and could have handled the breakup better. I even missed her somewhat, despite everything. But I knew breaking it off was the right thing to do and just wanted to get on with my life. Yet the negative energy still hung in my house like a black cloud and I think the texts and emails kept feeding it. I also began to experience sleep paralysis again, something that hasn't plagued me for years. I worked the night shift at the time, and on one January morning in 2013, a few months after she left, I stopped by the grocery store just to pick up a few things on my way home. I used a self-checkout, and after I paid and was gathering up my purchases, I heard a voice behind me. Sir? I turned around to see a short... Uh, what is this word? Bespectacled. Bespectacled. Means short person wearing glasses. Oh, I never heard the word bespectacled used. Spectacles? I know spectacles. Bespectacled. So that would be wearing... Oh, I learned a new word tonight. (laughs) Today's show is brought to you by bespectacled. I'm going to start using that in normal conversation, and I can guarantee 80, 90% of people are have no idea what I'm even talking about. Just like me. Okay. That's how we are. Middle-aged woman. I could uh, see by her uniform that she was an employee of the store. Yes, I responded. Can I give you something? She seemed a little shy about it. I was confused, but answered, okay. She handed me a small figurine of an angel. She said, I just think you need this. I work as a corrections officer and was in uniform at the time, so I figured that's what she meant. She was symbolically wishing me protection at my job. Well, you don't have to do that, ma'am, I said, but thank you. Just please take it. She said, so I thanked her again and took it home with me. I didn't sleep very well that day, so at around 8 p.m. that night, I went to lie down in my bed to get a couple of hours sleep before my graveyard shift started. As I was dozing off to the sound of the bitter January wind whipping through the trees outside, I heard footsteps coming down the hall towards my bedroom. Dark shadows began to emerge on my walls, moving across them towards me, and I heard what sounded like several whispering voices. I couldn't move, but I began to say the Lord's Prayer, managing to croak it out. Suddenly, the shadows all receded, and I was able to move again. I looked up to the ceiling and saw a sparkling white light forming an elaborate pattern before disappearing. I just rolled over and got two hours' worth of peaceful sleep. I really think something dark was after me, and I got some help from an angel. 
I've been back to that store numerous times, but I haven't seen the employee since. Thank you for reading my story. You two are doing a remarkable job with the show. I wonder if she was not really an employee. What about the bespectacledness? <clears throat> you know, I'm just... It, since he goes back to that store pretty often, yes, maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't work there anymore, but it just kind of seems odd. It does. Um... Yeah, grocery stores, I mean, the ones you frequent, you kind of, not that you know, get to know everyone there. I but real, you at least recognize Sure, them. sure. I mean, I, I, I could still, it's funny, as an adult, when we go back and visit my hometown in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, uh-huh. every once in a while we'll be out at a store somewhere, and I will see someone that worked at the Piggly Wiggly in about 1988. Oh, really? And I will recognize them as being, oh, that was the produce man at Piggly Wiggly in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> or there, that person was working the checkout, or that guy was the Frito layman. Um, I yeah. remember these people. I mean, I was a little kid; my world wasn't very big, and it was the Piggly Wiggly in town, which also wasn't all that big. But uh, you know, you get to know everybody. We went there frequently. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You never see the person again. It would be really kind of interesting is if he asked around the store. Maybe you should try that. Maybe uh, just go. I'm curious. I was in here, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple, you know, uh, you know, a year ago, whatever it was. Um, was there ever a lady that worked here that looked like this? And try and describe her and see, see if you get an answer. And, and make sure you're you're talking to someone you know has been there long enough, not like some kids who are like, well, uh, I've only been here two weeks, or uh, uh, like paper or plastic. You know, get somebody who may actually be able to answer that question. Yeah be interesting it'd be even very more creepy when they go uh sir no i no one's ever worked here that looks like that maybe it's a haunted grocery store i don't know i I don't know that i would classify if she wasn't real as a haunting she seemed more like an ear sure coming in at the right time for a reason yes yeah very interesting what about the relationship there and all the things that got bad do you think it was just really do you think there was a dark energy in the home that fed off of them to make it get bad or do you think it was naturally bad and it just kind of created this energy that well he said it was stormy to begin with and then when he got the town home that's when she moved in with them so if it was stormy when they weren't living together I'm sure that didn't improve by suddenly being in each other's space all the time sure just probably one of those things that just right place right time yeah and it all went to hell there you go Thanks for writing in. We do appreciate your story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you want more ghost stories, please become an EPP, extra podcast person, especially over the holidays. you get some more bonus episodes that way. And now when you sign up, the email should go directly to the email address that you signed up with through PayPal. So uh, if you're sitting there with the holidays and you're going, oh, I'd love some fresh new stories, well, become an EPP and you will get uh, like 17 fresh new episodes sent directly to you we got some best of episodes coming up uh, over the holidays some of the best stories of 2014 i know you guys are gonna enjoy those but uh, if you want a a fresh crop of some stories uh be sure to sign up to be an epp and you will uh, get a nice little little sample in there and it's always nice to have those too especially if you're doing some traveling for the holidays yeah you know, driving long distances sitting in airports for hours on end Instead of, uh, you know, having eight margaritas at the Chili's, too, uh, you know, you can just have, you know, one margarita and just sit there and slowly enjoy the ghost story. <laughs> Instead of just like, get me out of this. We'll be your your, uh, your company there. So there you go. Uh, check it out. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Click become an EPP. Uh, Hallie writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny. It's uh, Hallie from uh, London again. And I'm a she. I it, think it's London. London. Oh, it is London. Look at that. Just saying, that's all. I've never seen that sound before. Is that a small one? <laughs> the uh, pronunciation of my name is like Halle Berry. Okay, did I say, I said Halle at the beginning of this? We, no, at the, you did at the beginning of this time, but last time she wrote in, we, Hale? we weren't sure. And I suggested, ah. I thought it was Hale, but she clarified that for Okay, us. Halle, from Landon. <laughs> Thanks for reading my last story. The Beautician Ghost. I never thought of it that way. I now think that my previous story did not reach you guys, so I'm writing it again. Otherwise, the beautician ghost story would not be complete without the previous experience. So, about a few years ago, my cousin stayed over while my parents were 
away on vacation. She uh, stayed downstairs on the pull-out bed, and I was in my room. My brother was home, too, but was staying in his room on the second floor. We were all sleeping. During the night, my cousin walked into my room, and me, being a light sleeper, woke up. I asked her what was wrong, and she answered, Nothing. It's just a bit cold downstairs. Can I sleep next to you? I told her that she can sleep in my bed, and I'll go downstairs. So we swapped places, and I went down. I drifted off to sleep, and then was awoken by my cousin again. This time, I got slightly annoyed and asked her again, What's wrong now? She answered with slight hesitation, Nothing. Can I sleep next to you? So I told her that she can sleep in the pull-out bed, and I will sleep on the couch. The next morning, I asked her why she was acting weird and woke me up twice. She answered, Well, I didn't want to scare you last night, but I felt like there was someone here, and it was really cold. I looked at her thinking, Okay. I didn't really look into it too much until my brother told me about this experience on the same night. During his sleep, he woke up to someone breathing in his room. He had to sleep with a light on. What I'm about to include in the story is something I literally just found out from my brother. Apparently, the night where he woke up to the breathing sound, something was pressing against his chest and he couldn't breathe. His room is now my room. Now this story seems creepier as it connects with my other story when I was a kid where something or someone was sitting on me while I was sleeping. Great show, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. I just, I know that we get stories quite often about feeling like there's somebody on you, but I don't know that I would just not be able to completely (laughs) come unglued if that were to happen. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know how I would handle that. No. I uh, I mean, the one time I had a similar experience, I just kind of cowered in fear for a little while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I say, you know, we, we talk about this a lot where we're, we talk about how do people so- suddenly kind of pop up and go, uh, I just went back to sleep. I did. I eventually went back to sleep. Yeah. I did. I, I don't know how I did because I don't really, I don't have much memory of... Um, like, from the point of after I felt like that thing go through me and it was kind of sleep paralysis-ish thing, to the point where I fell asleep, other than I remember just sitting under my covers for a long period of time, I think trying to stay awake, I think I just eventually did just fall asleep just because it was dark and I was afraid to move. Yeah, and you probably were exhausted emotionally, which yeah. can wear you out. Yeah, I think it's pretty much what happened, so... There you go. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, This is Sam from Georgia. Um, I've actually called in before about um, the apartment that I currently live in with my boyfriend and our roommate where things just keep happening, like lights being turned on overnight when none of us had even been awake. Um, My boyfriend saw an apparition in the middle of the night one night. Um, Well, some more things have happened just in the last few days. There was one night where I kept hearing footsteps inside the apartment, and no one was home but me and my boyfriend. We were both in the bed. Um, So the next morning, I said something to him about it, and he said, yeah, I hear that all the time. Well, um, one wall of my bedroom shares a wall with the hallway right outside um, the apartment. So when people are walking in the hallway, you can hear it. But this, you can distinguish the sound between somebody inside the apartment and somebody outside in the hallway. Um, It's just a different noise. So this just happened last night. Um, We were the only ones home, me and my boyfriend. Um, My roommate and another one of his friends were out, just out and about drinking, whatever. Well, me and my boyfriend um, were laying in bed watching TV, and I heard the front door open, and then I heard male voices. I mean, it it was obviously men talking, and it sounded like it was coming from right outside my bedroom door, which is the living room. So I figured that my roommate and our friend was home. Well... I walked out the door, and there was nobody in the apartment. Um, Nobody was there. All the lights were off. Uh, I didn't see anything. Um, They had not gotten home yet. So I just got right back into bed and watched TV until I fell asleep. I just tried to ignore it as best as I could. 
Um, um, this next thing just happened about a half an hour ago. So I'm home alone. I'm sitting on my bedroom floor watching TV, and I decided to change clothes. Um, I just wanted to change to some sweat. So my bedroom door is open because I was the only one home, whatever. So I take off my jeans, and I'm looking for my sweatpants, and I start hearing like a... Um, like a clanking or a clicking noise coming from right outside my bedroom door, which, like I said, was open. So I put on my sweat, and I look out the door into the living room, and we have a ceiling fan that has really long chains, like the pull chains, um, to turn them on and off because our ceilings are really, really high. Like if you were walking through the living room, you would run into them if you weren't paying attention. So... I put on my clothes and I walk out and out, out my bedroom door into the living room and those pull chains were swinging around like they were moving, like somebody had walked into them. Um, so the clanking that I was hearing was them hitting each other. I checked the windows. I checked everything. There was no air movement in the apartment at all. Um, so I don't know who it was, what it was. Um, I don't know, maybe I've got kind of a pervert ghost in my apartment that just likes to watch me change, so that kind of creeps me out. Um, well, that's, um, that's all I have for now. Um, if anything else happens, I will be sure to call back. Um, things, things just seem to happen in this apartment all the time, because, um, like I said, when I called before, um... It's been, you know, an elementary school and then a high school and then it was a reformed school. And this building is, I don't even know how old it is. Um, That's all I know about it. So who knows what's in this apartment? Um, If anything else happens, I will be sure to call back. I love you guys very much. You guys have an awesome show. And thank you so much for all the hard work that you do. And uh, hopefully I will be calling back in soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, I've always looked at, uh, you know, when they they kind of redo old schools or things of that nature and make them new apartments. I'm like, that's really cool. It's a great idea. It's a nice way to recycle some buildings, especially some of the older ones that are just so solidly built. You know, these are things that, you know, could stand another 300 years without humans touching it. Sure. And still be really in good shape. Um, but I never really... Uh, back when I was like, you know, looking for apartments and such, you know, when I was single and all that, um, I was I was wanted to get one of those like and, and live in one. But they were always like so high priced and out of my range. They were like, you know, really advanced, nice condos and things of that nature. And now I look at it. And I never really thought of the paranormal aspect in those things. Yeah, it's probably a lot. Yeah. A lot of energy drawn to yeah. a lot of it year wise as far as. How many kids have gone in and out those doors? Yeah, because I mean, these are not just these aren't like buildings that you know, it was a school for ten years and now it's nothing. No, it, it's they were you know I don't know it's uh, it's interesting. There is a uh, a creepy building I used to work in that was a schoolhouse for a very short period of time. Um, it was a schoolhouse I believe for like one or two years, and then that was it. And uh, then it housed a radio station on the second and third floors, a TV station in the basement. And the TV station had a bowling alley in it for a little while. Um, they filmed a bowling show there. A bowling show? A bowling show. Not kidding. This is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And this is the WBAY building. And this is on Jefferson Street. And I worked there at the radio station, which is upstairs, which is WIXX and uh, WNCY and a whole bunch of other stations in that area. If you're in Wisconsin, you've probably heard of these stations. They've moved. They're out of there now. But it was a creepy building. Um, but I did enjoy exploring it. Uh-huh. Uh, what was kind of cool, the, the TV station would use the auditorium slash gym, which, again, it was only a school for like two or three years from what I understand. So... It was in pretty good condition, old condition, like this was a school in about, I don't know, the 40s or 50s, and then just converted into offices, Um, but they would hold like their telethon in the auditorium. 
and the auditorium still had like the old giant curtains and everything. It was like people just left this building and so all this remnants of it being a school, but not anymore. That's really strange. Like the hallways and everything felt like you were going through Uh an old school. I mean, the offices were all kind of converted over nicely. Um, But it just, when you were in the halls and the the corridors of the building, you really felt like you were in, I believe it was a Catholic school. You were in this old Catholic school. And on the outside of the building, it still looks like it would be a school building. It's cool. It's just an odd, creepy building. <laughs> I don't know. And there was always there was rumors in that building. I can't recall any of them of you know ghosts and such because it just had that aura to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was a neat place. I have no idea what's in the second and third stories now that the radio stations have moved out. But uh, just a bizarre building. Uh, anyhow, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Uh, is the phone number to call in here to Real Ghost Stories Online. Devon writes in, Hi, uh, it's me again, the guy who told you the story of the haunted Furby my sister got on Christmas and also offered fan art. Well, I'm back again to tell you a story. A story of a painful encounter I had today. I was taking a nap earlier today. And about 20 minutes in the nap, I got a case of sleep paralysis. Now, over the summer, I had experiences uh, this about three times in July and August. But this case is different. I felt a sharp pain in my ear as if someone or something dug their nail into it. Fortunately, it wasn't in my ear hole, but was near it. But still, it hurt like a bitch. Then it moved my bed sheets toward my mouth and uh, tried to smother me. This smothering also occurred in the summer, but only once. That didn't help the thing that paralyzed me. Anyways, since I just started to breathe heavier so I can get more air, I'm pretty sure it was that hague that causes people to to succumb to sleep paralysis. I don't know why it dug its nail into my ear to try to smother me again, but surely enough, I was livid. The nail thing never happened before, but now I need to be careful and pray before I sleep no matter what. You know, I actually felt the hag lean on me from my thigh up, but I it left my feet alone for some reason. Well, whatever. Sleep paralysis is a bitch, and so is the hag. Okay. There's <laughs> a way of looking at it. I've never heard of the, the poking or anything like that i've just heard trying to sit on you or scare you but that's a new one i think you got something more than sleep paralysis going on there something's poking you or maybe it's just an old woman that's giving you a sign that you need to clean your ears (laughs) use q-tips more frequently that's all she's saying no, there's something bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good. 855-853-4802. If you haven't already done so, please press subscribe on whatever platform it is you listen to us on. That way you won't miss any episodes of the show, and you'll help us grow our community. John writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I enjoy listening to your show while driving to work in the morning. It makes my 45-minute commute fly by. When I was about eight years old, I lived in a triple-decker home that my dad bought in Somerville, Massachusetts. I had a good imagination, as most kids that age do, and I recall playing superheroes with one of my friends that day. I think he was pretending to be the Green Hornet, and uh, I was Kato. Surprised he wasn't being the Green Bastard. That was always a fun... There's five people that got that. There is. And they're all going to be like, yes! During our make-believe play gameplay, my friend said to me that you're going to be visited by Jesus tonight. I just looked at him, figuring he was still in a gameplay state, and said, Okay, sure. We just quickly changed the subject. Well, that night I woke up from my sleep for some reason and looked at the side of my bed, and I saw a white figure next to my bed. I recall turning my head and uh, laying it back down under my pillow, and then I realized what I just saw and quickly turned to verify what I saw. And it was not there, but then I saw the ghostly white figure flying in a quick circle and getting smaller and smaller till it disappeared. I spent the rest of my night shaking in my sheets uh, with fright, and morning could not come quick enough. I don't think it was Jesus, but I thought it was strange that the experience uh, this the same night. I think the ghost was kneeling next to my bed because I it, its head was close to mine. I also recall it looking like a younger woman with a veil over her head. It did not look scary, even though it was a scary experience. It was the first and last ghost I ever saw, and I'll never forget it. 
The house we lived in at the time was built around 1890 and was haunted, but the spirit I saw was not the same one as the other members of my family that they later came to see. What my family members told me was they saw, and this was years later, a tall man dressed with a dark suit and top hat, which usually showed up sitting in a chair in the living room in my upstairs apartment where my sister and her husband lived. Also, later on in my childhood, I recalled watching Casper the Friendly Ghost and seeing Casper do the flying in a circle and disappearing trick and thought to myself, did the person who wrote this cartoon see a real ghost do that? Thank you for reading my story and keep up the good work. I plan on becoming an EPP real soon. John. What kind of creepy kid tells another kid, you're going to see Jesus tonight? I don't know. Because all I... I'm just like, is he telling him not to scare me? Is he trying to say you're going to die tonight or what? I don't know. I went to like a religious school till fifth grade and I don't recall anyone walking around doing that. No. I don't know. It was, uh, it's bizarre. I, I have no explanation. All I could think about was that line from the Christmas Shoes song, which I hate. Oh, God. <laughs> about buying Mama shoes. Mama sees Jesus tonight. Yeah. yeah. That's a depressing Christmas song. It's the worst Christmas song ever. <laughs> You're going to get people. To, uh, uh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I'm adamant that I hate that song. It is depressing as hell. I hate it because I remember when it was a brand new song and we literally had to play it almost every single hour on the hour through the Christmas season. And every, I mean, seriously, it was one of those songs where you get people requesting songs and I would say eight out of ten requests for a good month and a half were nothing but, can you play the Christmas shoes? It's like, um, I don't think, have you been listening lately? Or, or my, my favorite was where it was like, I've been listening for four hours. I'm worth the Christmas shoes. And it's like you look back. I think we played it like three times in that last four-hour slot. And the next one's coming up in like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas shoes. I hate the song, too. Sorry. Yeah. If you like the song, you know. There's enough reasons around the holidays yeah. to <laughs> feel sad or slightly depressed on your own without a song making you think of a poor child and its dying mother. Yeah, I mean, the song, in in its essence, does have a good... It's a message. I mean, it's a sad-ass story. But it's, you know, it's a positive, you know, story. Know. But, yes, it, it's, it's one song that, if you're lonely or feeling slightly depressed around the holidays, it's a song that's not going to help with that. No. It's like, play some fucking jingle bells and get rid of these damn shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays from Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802 is our number. Uh, is this another Hallie? This is an interesting way of spelling it. H-A-L-E-I-G-H. I think it's either Hallie or Haley. Haley? Okay. I'm going to go with Haley. Okay. And, and Haley, if I'm incorrect, let us know. Haley, about three years ago, me and uh, some friends, three friends, were bored one summer night. It was during a thunderstorm, and we decided to go to our friend Carissa's house to play the Ouija board. I, uh, growing up in a Christian family, knew that I shouldn't even be messing with this, but I also didn't believe that ghosts or spirits would need to use a board to talk to you or communicate through. Her house was going up uh, for sale on the next day, so it was completely empty. The one thing we had was a card table, chairs, and the board. They set the board up, lit a few candles, and started to play. They asked it a series of questions, and I noticed the cursor was moving very fast for them. This got my attention, so I decided I wanted to put my hands on and play. After I got on the board, they would ask it more questions, and it would not answer or move at all. So they thought it must be me. In my head, I am thinking, no, it's not me. This thing is just not real, and you guys are moving it to scare me. I decided to take my hands off the cursor and let them play without me. After a while, they started talking to a ghost that claimed to be an evil spirit. I don't know if this, uh, this, uh, at this point if they were scared or not, but I was thinking how stupid they were and to think I was buying this. They asked if the spirit was male or female. The cursor moved around the board to spell out male. Then they asked him how he died. 
At that point, the cursor was flying so fast around the board, no one could read it fast enough. They asked him again to repeat his friend Kylie and I stood up over the board to read it better, and it spelled, Get out now! We told them what it said, and Carissa asked again, Do you want us to get out? And right about that time, the screen door on her front porch flung open so hard one way, and the wood door swung open and slammed into the wall the other way. At that point, I'd felt like, what, like, tears forming in my eyes, but I wasn't crying and chills all over my body. They quickly ended the session, blew out the candles, and we left everything, including the Ouija board there. As scary as it was, I still do not know if I believe in the board. Just want to see what you guys thought about this. Thanks for listening. Love your show. I figured out what kind of ghost I want to be. I know I said I wanted to be the tragedy ghost that goes around and prevents people from stupid tragedies. Yeah. Now I want to be the ghost that comes through the Ouija board to scare the shit out of kids. That's what I want to do. Okay, so you want to like act like you're a demon, but not really be a demon? Yep. So you were criticizing me the other night for wanting to freak people out. I know. And now you're like, I want to go freak people out too. I think I could, you know, scare them enough that they quit playing with the stupid Ouija boards before something bad really does happen. So you're kind of like, you want to be almost like the the videos that they used to show in driving school of like horrible accident scenes. Yes. It's like a scared straight thing. Yes. Okay. So I'm the scared straight ghost. Or like the Maury show where they take the kids to like boot camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, quit fucking around. And the kids, you know, like, fuck you. And then by the end of the episode, they're crying. Yeah. And then Maury's there. Just thank you. Thank you, Maury. Um, Yeah, that could be kind of fun. Yeah. No, I was on your case, but I think I, you know, you can't beat them, join them. So I'll just come over there and be the naughty ghost too. You see, I have these good ideas. It takes a couple days for you to come around to them. Yep. It sometimes does. (laughs) 855-853-40. But would you do it to your... Would you scare your own children or grandchildren? If they were playing with a Ouija board. Yes. Or great-grandchildren. Or great-great-great-great-great-great. It's just great-grandma. She's fucking with us again. She's trying to make us not want to talk to evil spirits. Oh, I would pull out all stops for any of my offspring that chose to partake in a Ouija board ceremony because I know that Mm -hmm. they're going to have heard about that at least a few times. Okay, well, when they're listening to this audio, better watch out. She's serious. Yeah. Grandma's coming after you. (laughs) There you go. 855-853-4802. Use the phone number to call in. If you're listening to this relatively close to the period of uh, you know, anywhere between uh, 2014 to, uh, you know, 2060 or 70 or so. If the great-great-grandkids are checking this out at uh, 2150, the number probably does not work anymore. And you're probably able to telepathically communicate at that point anyhow. So, just saying. You never know when someone's going to listen to the show. It's true. Uh, Elizabeth Reichen, hey guys, I called in about my experiences, my uh, old haunted apartment in Washington, D.C. a couple of months ago, and doing so seems to have caused otherwise long since forgotten experiences to surface. It's kind of funny to see how I have completely forgotten things. It once shook me to the core and kept me up for days. But now that I remember them, I'd like nothing more than to share them with the uh, Real Ghost Stories online community. The first is from that golden age known as the late 90s. It was a golden age. I loved the late 90s. I just entered my teen years, and considering everything I was going through at the time, I'm not all that surprised that I experienced what I'm about to share. It could have been my imagination, but my gut says otherwise. My grandmother and I left the only house I'd ever known to move into a much bigger house on the other side of Dallas. We moved in to help the family friend not feel so alone following her divorce, and I was especially excited as I'd never lived in a two-story home. The house wasn't a mansion, but then again, it was kind of uh, palatial, as uh, I had an entire top floor, three giant bedrooms and a top bathroom to myself. I loved it at first, but the feeling didn't last. 
I don't remember how long we'd been living there before the dream started. I don't claim to be psychic or anything like that, but I do think I have some kind of sensitivity to the paranormal and the supernatural, as I've often had dreams that have come true, or I've known things about people, places, and things that should have known better. For example, when I was living in that D.C. apartment, I had a dream that my bedroom door had come off its hinges, and my purse that was hanging on the door's coat hook hit me soundly in the face as I... Uh, caught the door with both hands and said coat hook stopped mere centimeters in my right eye. I thought this was a stupid dream and even made fun of it with a few friends. A couple months later, I was on the phone with a friend while adjusting my door. It had gotten loose and I frequently had to tighten the screws. Having tightened them for the, million, for the millionth time, I turned the knob to go to the kitchen and get a drink, only to have the door come off its hinges entirely and started falling on me. I instinctively put my hands out to stop it, and the coat hook was staring me in the face. Like, you get my point. Anyway, I started having dreams about the way the house looked when it was brand new and the first family to own it that lived there. I never saw any parents or anything like that, and I never saw any of it on my own. There was a little blonde girl who showed me different parts of the house. She never spoke to me, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't seem too pleased about my being there. I didn't dream of her often, maybe twice a year until we moved out in 2000. But the memory of her and those dreams have always stuck with me. I dreamed of her one final time after we moved to our new house, but can't remember what happened. I don't think of her often, but when I do, I often wonder if she was real or just a random dream person my mind created. She always looked the same in my dreams, and she never said anything to me. She just showed me that the house had once been different, but didn't tell me anything else. Who was she? Why did she seem so upset? I've never been able to figure this out. I may look into the history of the house to see if this girl even existed. The dreams were only part of the house's weirdness. I never felt comfortable that at night. It felt like I wasn't alone at times and like I was being watched. The house felt fine during the day, though, except when I went into one of the other bedrooms to watch TV. Our friend was too cheap to buy cable, so she had an illegal hookup for the house. The bedroom next to mine was the only one with the cable jack in the bedroom. could only pick up local channels, so the other room was where I did most of my TV watching. I never felt comfortable in this room and would occasionally glance around to see if someone else was in the room with me. There was another room on the other side of this one and was used as storage. That room freaked me out, even in daytime. Whenever the door to the room was open or we had to retrieve something or put something away in there, I was nervous to the point of being jittery. I don't know if it was just my fear of the room that always caused this, but then again, I had no tangible reason to be afraid in the first place. My experiences weren't limited to just feelings. I'd hear my grandmother call my name only to go to her to have her look at me like I was crazy because she hadn't called me. Other times we'd come home with our friends from some outing or another to see that the light in my bedroom would be on. Granted, I was always in a rush and would leave it on by mistake at times, but on a few occasions I knew I hadn't. I would get blamed for it 100% of the time and occasionally yelled at because of it. One night, the lamp in my TV room had been left on in addition to the one in my room. I knew I hadn't left it on because I hadn't been in there that day. Not only were these lights left on, but a picture of the family's friend's granddaughter had fallen off the shelf downstairs. It had fallen so far from the shelf that it had to been thrown or deliberately knocked off. I was immediately blamed for this despite it being a really stupid thing to do. My insistence on claiming innocence only made them angrier, though, as it deci- as it, and it was decided that not only had I knocked her photo off the shelf in a jealous rage, we were friends, but I was also lying about it. Other assorted things happened, footsteps on the stairs behind me when I went up to my room late at night and what sounded like footsteps in the unoccupied rooms when I would be downstairs. We eventually... Moved out of the house after the friendship soured, and I was happy to put the house and our former friend behind me. She died in the house about five years later, and her daughter was the one who found her. 
She's designated her daughter to be the executor of her estate or executor of her estate, which meant getting the house, bank accounts, and other mundane yet important details squared away. She often had to go to the house to go through papers and get things settled. One day she was working in the kitchen table when she heard stomping up and down the stairs across the floors of the upstairs rooms and near her mother's bedroom downstairs. The doors were also being opened and slammed repeatedly. She finally said, Okay, I know it's your birthday. You can stop now. And everything immediately stopped. Sometime after that, she took her daughter and a friend with her to finish up some of the paperwork. She had to leave and meet with a lawyer at one point, but left her daughter and friend there. When she returned, she found both of them standing out on the porch looking rather terrified. Apparently, the back door, which was made of heavy oak, had been opened, but suddenly slammed shut while they were sitting there talking. As she shared this, my grandmother reminded me that our friend had hated to have that door open for any amount of time if there was no reason for it to be open, so it's not surprising at all that it suddenly slammed. I have more stories to share as this one has gone on for a bit. I'll just wait and write in later. Love the show so much so that I became an EPP last night. All the best, Elizabeth Austin. Okay, so if the house was already haunted and then the lady dies, does she then join in on, on that haunting? And do they know the, I mean, do they see each other? Do they know that there's multiple people haunting that place? I've always wondered that. I have no idea. I have no idea and either. Ghosts That's why can I'm asking. hang out and interact. I suppose in some cases they can. Yeah. I don't know. I've always wondered: is it, does it have to do with like when you died? Is there like a window where you can see the other ghosts that have died right around you, or is it free game and you can see? I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. It seems like a lot of them are fairly independent or of each are, other. Are the uh, and this is a stretch, but are they on different dimensions to where you know? How we sometimes catch glimpses of ghosts, but we're kind of on different dimensions. Are the you mean frequencies? Or, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm trying to say. Sure. So essentially, do the ghosts have ghosts? Are the ghosts haunted by ghosts? I don't know. You know, I, I I'm not discounting it. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, that would that would assume that the ghosts are aware that they're ghosts. And I don't know. Now I'm just getting really confused. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm just curious. I don't know. I really don't. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Alex writes in, I just started listening to your podcast and I simply cannot stop. Very entertaining and unnerving in some cases, but in a good way. I want to start by saying that I'm a resident of Rhode Island and upon seeing there is an episode about the true story behind The Conjuring, I had to share my personal story regarding the property in Harrisville. My wife grew up in Harrisville and her parents still live there, so naturally we spent a lot of time in the area. This past summer, my father-in-law wanted to take us fishing at a pond very close to the conjuring house, and the particular route to get to this pond required us to pass right by the property. Because it was a beautiful summer day and my father-in-law had recently procured a street-legal electric golf cart, we decided to take in the summer air by driving into the pond. As we were approaching the conjuring house, Joe, my father-in-law, made us aware of our close proximity to the property and we were all a little on edge as we had heard the, uh, fighting, the frightening stories that had made the house so famous to the paranormal world. Little did we know that we would be adding to the stories on our own way. The electric vehicle we were in had a battery gauge that Joe would frequently check as he was driving as to be aware of the distance away from the house that we could comfortably travel. As we first paralleled the house from the road, we could tell that something was wrong with the vehicle, and it abruptly died. And the battery went from what Joe said was over 80% to 0% in a moment's time. We began to panic a little at uh, this point, as we were uh, still a good two miles or so from the house, and the thought of pushing the vehicle in the summer heat had us all concerned. Just as quickly as we realized the unnerving coincidence of the battery being unexpectedly drained at that exact moment, we crossed by the front of the conjuring house. 
we all simultaneously began to smell the repulsive and nauseating smell of sulfur. The smell was extremely strong, almost to the point of feeling sick for me personally. But we had no choice but to push the now powerless vehicle from behind as my father-in-law continued to try and start it up. Like a switch, as soon as we had fully passed the house, the vehicle started again nearly at the battery life it previously had. Although our experience was harmless to us, it left the obvious question associated with the pungent smell of sulfur. Was this caused by the presence of something demonic only feet from where we passed by the infamous house? It's very ironic, and I don't subscribe to coincidences, so I think something attacked the golf cart. I think there's something with that building. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, there's a lot to that story. I mean, it just... The Conjuring alone has a, enough freakiness in it, but then there's um, the there's a series of books that Andrea Parent has written called The House of Darkness, House of Light, and it's a series of three books. And they're large, and they go into much greater detail uh, of all the just completely freaky, messed up things that have happened in that house. Um, and the... I think it was like nearly 15, 20 years of the family stayed in the house, too. Through all of it, they stayed, which a lot of people don't realize that, um, for whatever reason. Um, and it's, I guess the best, the simplest way I could say it's like a love-hate relationship, I think, that family had with that house, where they just, they were terrified by it, they loved it, I don't know. I mean, me, I'm almost thinking like there was something that was making them want to stay and be tormented i don't know but it's it's a bizarre bizarre situation anyway um just the sheer amount of things that are there yeah i i think there's just a shitload of bad energy around that house okay i've not yet watched the conjuring the whole way through because i chicken out about Mm -hmm. halfway yeah okay what if they stayed in the house that long and they survived all this stuff what had to have been the last straw i mean how bad did it have to get before they finally said that's enough after I, 20 years? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I believe it was something fairly mundane, and I don't think it really had anything to do with the haunting. Okay. I could be completely wrong. I think it might have just been, you know, old age, and we need to find a new house. The kids are grown up. Mom's getting old. Downsize. Time for a new place. Okay. So nothing really to do. I could be wrong, but I, if... Uh, that's what I, from what I remember of my conversation with Andrea and from what I've, but I, I could be off on that. But I, if I'm right, I don't believe the moving out had anything to do with the haunting. Okay. And people do live in the house. Now, I don't know if there's anything going on in the house. If they are, I don't believe they're speaking about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Interesting, interesting story, though. If you want to hear the full interview, it's a two-part episode. I believe it's like episode two and three of this show. So if you dig, dig way back uh, more than a year ago, it's up on iTunes. It's on all of our archive stuff, so you can still certainly hear it. But it's a very interesting uh, two hours that I talked with uh, with Andrea about uh, that house. That's way back when you had to record the show and I wasn't home, so I didn't hear it. Yeah, you weren't even on the show yet. I wouldn't even... A listening. You, I don't anything. think you even listened to that episode. No, you I haven't. never even heard it. Wow. I need to go back and you listen. You should. You should. 855-853-4802 is our number. Sammy writes in, hi, enjoy the show. I would have already become an EPP with my grad school killing my wallet. I am still a poor college student, but after December, I will be able to afford it or at least do a donation. Well, thank you. We look forward to having you as an EPP. You're going to love it. Uh, This is my second ghost story. I've submitted one of many encounters. I only value the ones that other people uh, experience also. Uh, I feel it adds to the credibility. Anyway, I was 13 at the time and my stepdad had just retired from the military early. We didn't have much money so we had to move into an older shotgun home we heard the occasional footsteps and sometimes growls it seems that these things were attracted to my family perhaps we were a magnet well every once in a while we would all be awoken around 2 a.m by the walls shaking it felt as if something large had fallen onto the roof but we dismissed it because one of our neighbors drove a commercial 16-wheeler and often returned home late it continued to get louder over the years but shit hit the fan one night when my uncle decided to spend the night 
He slept in the living room, which was also the entrance to the house. My room faced the kitchen, and down the long hall was my parents' bedroom. As usual, the walls shook at 2 a.m., but this same time, it felt as if something had crashed onto the house or into the house. Lasted a good two minutes, and keep in mind, this is in the middle of the South, and we don't get earthquakes. It was so violent that I just jumped from my bed, only to watch my bedroom door fling open from the shaking, and without warning, I saw my stepdad darting from the kitchen butt-naked. I assumed that he and my mom were in the middle of something when the shaking happened, and it scared him. Again, this is a macho military guy. I learned that night that true terror wasn't a ghost, but rather a naked parent running around like a moron, yelling that the roof was going to cave in. I went back to sleep, enough terror for one night. The next morning, my uncle shared with me his encounter that night. He said that he had awoken from a dream by the noise, only to find himself paralyzed. In the previous story, I wrote in about how my family is plagued by shadow figures and sleep paralysis. This time was different. Instead of seeing the typical shadow figure, he saw the source of the disturbance and said it was a four-foot-tall creature appeared in the middle of the room with a childlike demeanor. It twirled around and around, causing the house to shake. He described it as a short, chubby being with a large, distorted, pit bull-like face, pointy ears, and barely visible tiny limbs. I was into Pokemon at the time, and all I could think of was Gengar, a ghost character that feeds off people's nightmares and causes mischief. I wonder if this cartoon video game character is based on a demon in Japanese lore. We would have dismissed it, but uh, if it hadn't been for the shrinking wall or the shaking walls... My stepdad had also had an encounter with the same being one night when he fell asleep in the living room. He said that he had awakened from a deep... sat up to exit the living room. The creature darted from one side of the room and jumped into the shadow. Anyway, I wonder how many people have encountered these types of demons, beings, whatever it may be. I don't know. I can't get past the thought of a screaming stepdad running through the house naked. I was going to ask, are they fracking near your house? Yeah, that could be. That could be. I mean, we have them here now. We had a, what, 4.7? Yeah. That's kind of a big earthquake for the middle of Kansas. Yeah. And there are earthquakes going on. He said in the south. Did he say what state? No. I would look into the fracking. I mean, I think there may be other stuff going on there, too. The shadow stuff and all that. I mean, politics aside, the fact is... Once that started happening in Kansas, we started having earthquakes in the area. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious where it's coming from. Yeah. So, um, I'm just, I'm trying to find the somewhat of a logical answer to that, which what it may be that, I don't know, but, uh, it's worth, you know, trying to narrow down the possibilities. That's pretty funny though. What? The naked dad running through the house screaming, the roof's going to cave in. That's what true terror really is. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, I don't know. I, w- I would look into that first, but I, I, there's there's other things going on there. I mean, even if they do discover, oh, that's what the shaking of the house was. It was that going on. Um, there are other things in that story and in the previous stories, too, that are certainly not caused by fracking yeah unless fracking's getting down to the pits of hell and letting demons fly up through the holes in the earth (laughs) which actually if you subscribe to some of the older art bell shows uh you would probably think that's a possibility there was an episode of the hole to hell yeah we talked about that yeah a long time ago uh which i i did a little more research on that and that was debunked many a times over yeah. But it's just, it still floats around the internets and people are still, you know. It's hard. When you get something like that that's so creepy and just messed up, and even when you do debunk it, there's there's a certain aspect of anyone who's into the paranormal that just wants that debunking not to have ever been happened. Because it's just such a good story. You just kind of want it. Maybe. Maybe it's true. <laughs> even though it's not at all. It's, it's a pile of bullshit. But... Just maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. I hold out a small amount of hope. Yeah. Just because it's such a spooky, spooky story. Anyway, there you go. Thanks for writing in, and uh, thanks for hopefully becoming an EPP here very soon. We really do 
Uh, appreciate that uh, a great deal. If you want to become an EPP, support the show, keep the show on the air, uh, just sign up to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Do it over the holiday break. And uh, when uh, pretty much the moment you sign up, you're going to get that email sent directly to that email address that, uh, that you subscribe to through PayPal. So five bucks a month, you will immediately get uh, 17 bonus episodes right there to start uh, savoring and enjoying their succulent deliciousness. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I was thinking of Red Lobster ads. I don't know why. So anyway, become an EPP, support the show, make a little Christmas gift to yourself, and a Christmas gift to us, keeping the show alive. Just think of that. So we can go on through the year 2015 and deliver shows to you every single week. Your support is what keeps us on the air. So thank you in advance. Do it through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. So for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>